I'm Erica. And I'm Jules. Most people have at least one thing that they can't or won't eat. Yeah, we're definitely like that. We started this podcast to talk about the gluten-free food industry. Like new products and some of the stories behind your favorite brands. And living life with a specialty diet and also some important healthcare topics. Since we're basically both broken inside. You had me at eat. Wake up, Erica. It's time to record a podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of You Had Me at Eat. I'm Jules and I'm awake. And this is Erica. Wake up. I only had one thing of coffee this morning. Clearly, oh. it wasn't enough. Should we take a pause while you get another cup? Oh my God. I don't know. I just yawn and then just start crying. I think that's just how I. <laughs> <laughs> that's just. Does that, does that kind of sum up how your week has been going, Erica? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. So, how has uh, your week been yeah. going, Erica? Great. Uh, if you've been following my Instagram, Celiac and the Beast, I have been doing some testing, some upper GI testing, which is so different than my lower GI testing, which I usually have. Um, we're screening for EOE, um, eosinophilic esophagitis, and GERD gastro re- some reflux disease, whatever the hell that is. Say EOE um, like three times really fast. <laughs> that I can do. I can't, I don't even know what GERD stands for. Something about a reflex disease. Anyway, um, whatever. So things have been getting stuck in my throat and, or my esophagus, I should say. And then I also have reflux after things have been getting stuck in my throat. And I have had several instances of this happening and it like happens and it flares up and then it goes away. But the last flare up, I finally called Mayo Clinic and I'm like, hey, can we please do something about this? Cause this is not like normal. I should probably get screened for this. And you said that you'd screen for it several months ago and nobody's called me back. So they're like, yes, we're going to schedule you for every test in the book for it immediately, uh, which is lovely, but also like, it's a lot to put on your plate. Um, so for the past two weeks, I've been doing um, barium swallow studies, which are pretty gross. Um, yeah. Yeah, and traumatizing. And it's it's amazing actually how many people. I don't know if EOE especially has been something that they're diagnosing more mm-hmm. recently, but I so many people I have met and who write in to me who are like, oh yeah, my kid has EOE, uh, and that's why you know he's on a gluten free diet or, yeah. or whatever. So there's there's a lot more people who have been diagnosed with that or have mm-hmm. have realized that they have this. Um, problem lately. And it's, it's really amazing to me because I remember just a few short years ago. Yeah. Nobody not, knew it was super no rare. One, yeah. But you got a whole conferences now on EOE. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it's a real thing. It's, and I can't even, oh, it just sounds terrible. And it's really, um, it's pretty common for people with celiac disease. Yeah. So, um, you know, my doctor's like, yeah, of course it, it runs concurrently with celiac. So it wouldn't be a surprise if you had it. I was just like kind of sh- taken aback by like how so how many things flippant. do. She's We're like, oh so yeah, totally blessed in that We're way, so aren't we? Like, oh, that <laughs> also comes with celiac, yeah. but so does GERD. So honestly, it could be either. And I don't really know. They're both fighting for attention. So we'll yeah, see it's if buy it's one, get one get one free kind both. of thing. Yeah. yeah, maybe just for fun, throw one in for funsies. So yeah. um, they do a couple different types of testing for EOE before they do the final test, which is an upper endoscopy where they take biopsies to look for eosinophils lining your esophagus, or they'll see damage from um, acid reflux from either GERD or EOE. But the two prior tests that they like to 
do just to check for strictures and structure abnormalities, um, meaning like your esophagus has been eroded so far to where it has scar tissue around it. So where you can't swallow. Don't know why I made that, that thing. Um, <laughs> your esophagus maybe become tightened to where you can't swallow here. things <laughs> appropriately. Put your hands down, Erica. So... How can I describe this without any sort of sexual innuendo? (laughs) (coughs) I just choked on my own spit. That's part of it. So uh, this barium swallow study uses x-ray to have you swallow food, swallow liquid, and then they'll see, is it a problem swallowing in your upper part of your esophagus with like a swallowing mechanism? So there's like a little flat, there's flappy do's. Here you go with your hands again. There's floppy doos. There's certain mechanisms on how you swallow, how to swallow properly. And your body just naturally knows how to do it. But on some people, um, either elderly people who have like a dysphagia where they don't necessarily feel the urge to swallow fully, or maybe they're swallowing halfway, or maybe they're storing liquid um, in the underside of their mouth and they're not swallowing it. There's so many different things that you can Mm -hmm. see on an x-ray. Well, also <clears throat> Parkinson's and yeah, for sure, other types yep. of um, d- dementias and things like that. So the first test is a barium swallow study, and it just is really looking at the first maybe quadrant or two of your esophagus. Um, and you'll dip food first. You'll take sips of barium and swallow it, and so they'll see how the swallowing mechanism works. And then you'll take you'll dip food into the barium. And then you'll swallow that or chew that up and swallow it. And then you'll see it as it goes it's down. like esophagus. a condiment, like dipping your fries in the barium. Yes. But it is like <laughs> you dipping, brought your own fries too, didn't you? It's like <laughs> dipping food into like a really gross pudding because it's a pudding Ugh. consistency. And I'm like, this is far grosser than I thought it would be. And so we get into the room and weeks ago, like months ago, actually, my doctor said, they will not have gluten-free food. You have to bring your own. And like, nobody warned me of that again. So if I had forgotten that one thing, I would have just gone in and they wouldn't have food for me. How how messed up is that? I just, I can't, I don't even know where to begin. They yeah, had, but it's so not surprising. No hospital does. It's just crazy. They had salting crackers out. And I'm like, that's, don't no. feed me that. No. And <laughs> And when you go and you have like, you know, any of these procedures and you wake up, from anesthesia and they're all like, here, have a saltine here, have a graham cracker. Like, uh, no, (laughs) no, there's, there's just, there's, they've never contemplated the fact that, you know, a a large swath of the population cannot have a saltine cracker. I'm sorry, but they can't have it. Things too. I mean, so I had the first taste of barium and I didn't swallow. I go, can I please check the ingredients? Yeah. As I have barium in my mouth, I'm like, can I check the ingredients to make sure this has none of my allergies in it? And it's just chemicals. So I'm like, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'll swallow radium. I don't care at this point. Just figure out what's going on with me. So um, oh, my jaw fall off, but I don't care really. I had, uh, I brought cookies. I brought French fries from the night before. So stale French fries. Mm. Chef's Even better the than barium. But because fries are the one most likely to get stuck, I brought those so I could show them that's what it's like. 
And then you have to like swallow this barium pill. But anyway, you can see most of it actually, which is cool because I've never seen an x-ray of myself swallowing. And I'm like, this is crazy. So I did it and they could see that food was getting stuck, but with water, it was going down. But I'm like, is food supposed to get stuck like that? And they're like, yeah, you have dysphagia, like some sort of like delayed swallowing and some motor gastric stuff, meaning things just aren't functioning the way that they're supposed to be, but they don't know why yet. That's why they're doing more tests. So that was the first test. And it was not traumatic because it was just a light amount of barium. You ate like barium pudding. It wasn't that bad. Um, so I'm like, oh, that was not that bad. Like, and the, the person was super, super nice. She was a speech pathologist. And she was like, yeah, does it feel like it? Because I can kind of see on the x-ray that's what it would feel like. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Amazing. She had bedside manner to where I could like talk to her and I could tell her what I felt. And she's like, yes, I see it on the x-ray. Perfect. Great experience. Besides them not having food, that was shitty. But besides that, great experience. (laughs) Just a small detail. And then the next week, she's like, okay, well, then that's the full barium study. And I'm like, okay. And I thought I was just going to drink barium and they would just like lay me down. But yeah, I've had that. That's not fun either. Well, like, that's fine. I would be fine. I would have been fine with that. (laughs) That sucks so much. I would rather have that any other day than what I just went through. So I'm drinking barium and I'm like drinking a lot of it a lot of it. And they're watching it go down. I'm like, cool. And like, okay, well now we're going to give you um, pop rocks. And I'm like, uh, pardon? <laughs> I'm going to give you pop you're rocks. You're going to explode. And you're going to watch it. You're going to drink it and you're oh. going to not burp. And you're going to, then you're going to drink some barium. And I'm like, is this like a joke? Like, is it? And I'm like, no, this is a procedure. And I'm like, so like, uh, you want me to drink un- dry, unflavored Pop Rocks and then drink a bunch of berry and then a gap, but don't burp. And I'm like, that seems dangerous. So I'm already a stomach full of barium because I was like, okay, I, you made me chug barium. I have a stomach full of barium. I had the pop rocks. I'm like, oh, immediately I'm going to barf. And so she's like, drink barium. I'm like, uh, and then I burp once. She goes, I saw that burp. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> she's like, don't burp. She goes, that's fine. Just don't burp again. And then it's, it's an she automatic thing. Was she going to beat your knuckles? <laughs> I just, so... You imagine having pop. It's like the Mentos Coca Cola commercial. I like can't the, imagine it. And then I just have this stomach full of barium pudding, and I'm just like, I'm gonna barf. Volcano. I'm gonna barf. I'm gonna barf. So she's watching it, and she goes, "You didn't like you burped again." I'm like, "Oh my, I'm so sorry." Like it is a natural thing. My body is like wanting to expel all these things, and it's either gonna burp or vomit, and I don't know which one. And like, so I'm choosing to burp, and I'm sorry. So she's like, "We're just not getting the imaging." I'm like. And then she's like, we're going to lie you down. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, we're going to lie you down. So they take the standing x-ray and they tilt you down. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable right now. And she goes, we want you uncomfortable because we want to see if it's coming back up. I'm like, oh, it's coming back up. Oh, it's there. So she first lies me on my back. That sounds so freaking miserable. And then she makes me drink and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. I have barium and pop rocks. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to barf. I'm going to barf. I'm going to barf. And then she goes, lay on your stomach. And I'm like, still lay on your stomach. I'm like, this is, and I just kept repeating, this is so uncomfortable. And like zero bedside manner from this person. Like was like not nice, was not friendly, was not like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And so I lay on my stomach and she goes, now you have to chug this. And I go, 
I'm laying on my stomach. I have a belly full of Pop Rocks. And then she's asking me to chug barium through a straw. So I'm like taking small sips. She goes, you have to take bigger sips. I go, and I finally stop. I'm like, I cannot do this. I'm just like yelling. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is so uncomfortable. I can't. And she goes, okay, well, take a minute. And I'm just like, I'm going to barf, I'm going to barf. Because I'm laying pressed against my stomach. Yeah. And I'm just like so uncomfortable. And she's asking me to chug more and more and more. And I'm looking at the screen and I'm just like, bro, it's going to come back up. So I'm just like chugging. I'm chugging lightly because I cannot chug. I can't chug, period. Uh, like that makes me want to – like water even comes up now. <sighs> so you're asking me to chug barium after I've had Pop Rocks? It was brutal. Yeah. So at some point I'm just like, lady, I, I laugh and I go, lady, I cannot do this anymore. And she goes, okay. So I stand up, I go, that's so uncomfortable. And she goes, uh, she goes, I need you to take another try. I go, I am for like, I was like, I'm an adult. I know what I'm doing. I cannot do anymore. And so she was kind of taken aback and I'm like, that is really uncomfortable. And I want you to know that that's really uncomfortable. She goes, and she she knew that she kind of wasn't having the best bedtime manner. She goes, I can understand now that that's uncomfortable and I'm sorry. And she was just like, she said something to where she acknowledged the fact that that was not great. I hear she you. Was not nice. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure it's uncomfortable for everyone, but she could have at least walked me through and guided. Here's what I'm going to do. First, you're going to do this. Then you're going to take Pop Rocks. It's going to suck. But then we're going to look at this and mm-hmm. then you're going to lay in your stomach and we're going to ask you to, because it just seemed like she was just asking me to do more and more and more and more and drink more and more. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I want to vomit. Like I want to vomit. I'm going to vomit. I cannot do this. Mm-mm. And I'm to the point of like crying. Cause I'm so like full of just like, I want to barf so badly mm-hmm. and I cannot barf. If I could barf, I <sighs> would barf, but I cannot. So I get out of it and she's like, we're done. I'm like, great. And I'm just Where's like, yeah, I'm like, give me Where's out of my here. prize. <laughs> um, and so oh. I'm like, that's so effing uncomfortable. And then I just kept burping as I'm getting out. I'm like, please let me not barf right now. And I'm just like on the verge of an anxiety attack because I hate vomiting. It's like one of my least favorite oh, things to God, do. I have like the worst. severe emetophobia. I cry every time mm-hmm. I barf. I have so much anxiety around it. I have a full-fledged panic attack when I throw up. So I'm like, don't do it. Don't have a panic attack. Don't do this. So I walk in my car and I'm just like, don't barf, don't barf, don't barf. And so I started recording and I'm just like, I'm here recording because I don't want to barf. And I walk through it. I'm just like, tell me that this isn't the most traumatizing mm-hmm. thing you've had today. I would rather have a million speculums you know, I'd rather have a million OBGYN visits and just be like yeah. fully naked in front of a thousand people having an OBGYN speculum visit than ever have that does again. Like this is so uncomfortable. And Ugh. so, and like, and then you leave and you have a belly full of barium. Yeah. And you're like, now what do I do with this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. I mean, but, I've, I've had to drink barium. I've had to lie down on the table yeah, and shake you yeah, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But didn't get the Pop Rocks treatment, so. I don't know mm. how that's legal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a, it's, a, and so the best part was, is that I got so many responses back that people have had to do it. And they're like, I don't know how you didn't vomit because everyone that replied to me threw up. Either they threw up during yeah. the test or straight after the test. <laughs> or they, one of them threw up on the attendant. Which I'm like, so, uh, uh, so they this probably lady, it. You were like. You were awesome. I don't know why yeah. she didn't give you more high praise. I mean, you didn't vomit. You didn't vomit on her. I just, like, the whole thing was like, I think if it would have been handled 
slightly better. Like I understand that she must do 1 million of these, but this is my first time doing it. Right. I have told her, I have not done this before. She goes, have you done this before? I go, I did the swallow study. She goes, okay, so it's going to be similar, but we're going to do a lot of other things and you're going to lie down. Similar, but so very different. (laughs) So the pop rocks was just kind of like, is this real? And then, and then she's like, we're going to lie down on your stomach. I'm like, oh, oh, I do want to barf thinking about that. And then she's like, oh, belly full of pop rocks. And then we're also going to chug this. And I'm like, I must've eaten so much barium. I'm like, if you just tell me like, this is what we're going to walk through. I feel like I would have been more prepared and less Mm -hmm. anxiety prone. I don't know. I don't know if anything actually could have done that, but I think better bedside manner as far as like walking me through things and you know, understanding that like, like it's a challenge to do this. That's, that's kind of across the board though. I mean, so many people in the medical profession, you know, thank you for your service, but so many people need that lesson of, you know, I know you do a million of these, but this is my first time as a patient, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to understand it's a very traumatic experience from the patient side of things. Like even, you know, anything from just the swallow study, which wasn't that bad, but still was not fun. It made it so much easier for you. But yeah, the, you somebody the with tech, great bedside manner. the tech, the speech language pathologist mm-hmm. that walked me through, like we had an appointment two hours ahead of time. It's like, Hey, I just want to walk you through the test. And I'm like, perfect. I brought my own French fries, you know, like that was beautiful. And then I walked into the second test. They're like, all right, stand there and drink this. I'm like, okay. And then she's like, pop rocks. I'm like, um, pardon me. And I don't know why it was a pop rocks that really threw me, but it was just like, I know how uncomfortable this is going to be. And I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. I think I was just, I thought I was just going to continue to drink barium and yeah, I'm sure I'd be uncomfortable lying down, but like, I didn't know the second step. And I think that's what really triggered my anxiety, but also like, I'm uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. And I'm sure when I do my next test, I'm going to be just as uncomfortable with the other side of my body. But like, just let me be prepared for it, Mm -hmm. I think. And like, be gracious. Like, I I acknowledge the fact that you- I'm sorry, this sucks. Yeah, this is is a real bummer and I'm sorry. But um, yeah, so you don't feel so alone. I just felt like the whole, like, I needed to take a breath and try again. And she goes, maybe next time it'll be easier. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not a child. <laughs> I know your tactic right now. It's not going to be easier next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but bless. I mean, like, that must suck to do that and have people not be happy with you all the time. But I still want, as a patient, someone to just be, like, I guess, more understanding of, like, mm-hmm. this is really shitty. And I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My hearing. I just wish I'm, I had a recording of Erica, what I said. <laughs> that was really shitty. And I'm, I'm so Thank sorry. Thank you for hearing me. I, I hear you. And, mm. and I am so sorry that you had to go through that. My God. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anyway, so I have dysphagia or something. I don't know. And then we'll see, I guess, on the upper that maybe it's GERD. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's EOE. Maybe it's whatever. Who knows? Who knows what it is, but it's something. Honestly, it does make me f- feel better when I have that swallow study and they're like, Oh, we see it. Like it's yeah. clearly not doing what it's supposed to be doing in your esophagus. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, as with anything, like when, when I was diagnosed with celiac disease, I was like, thank you so much. Like, no. not that I wanted celiac disease, but I wanted something. I wanted to know Validation. what the heck was wrong with me. <laughs> like, oh, that's why I've been sick for 10 years. <laughs> like, it's not all in my head. And you like know? having yeah. anxiety is so hard because sometimes your symptoms can manifest to physical symptoms, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm having so much anxiety. Oh, now it feels like I'm having a heart attack, right? That's yeah. anxiety manifesting in symptoms. And so I'm kind of sure. like, am I doing this to myself? Like, is this one of those? Or do I have an actual thing that's happening with my body that's making me do this? So that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out, like what is what's going on. So we'll see. And then hopefully I can get on some sort of medication or something that works for me, whatever. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, Jules. And I have an upper endoscopy next week, and then we're going to figure it all out. What have you been up to? <laughs> uh, I have been mired in sourdough, which is, I mean, it has its pros and cons, but like I'm trying to find so much. Um, I'm, I've been trying to find um, new ways to use sourdough discard. So I made um, I made um, lemon blueberry sourdough scones this weekend. Oh, so yummy! It's so, so good. At scones. Good. Yeah, I love scones. They're so easy, um, and I love that lemon blueberry combination. So I whipped those up this weekend and I feel so good about myself when I'm not throwing away the discard. So yeah, I'm like, Oh look, you go in this recipe. Your hard earned so, discard. Fun. Exactly. Um, and, um, yeah, so I did that. And then, so I, I put that recipe up this weekend. I've got, so now I've got the gluten-free sourdough pancakes and the banana bread and the scones for the discard recipes. And then I've got, you know, regular, I made sourdough um, baguettes last night, which were super yummy. And I've got breadsticks and artisan bread. And of course, like the regular sourdough loaf. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm all in with the sourdough. You're sourdoughed. I'm sourdoughed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've been been doing a lot of sourdough-ing. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what I've been doing. But then, um, then I got my latest issue of Bon Appetit magazine, which mm, hot doggy. Yeah. yeah, it's got a giant nasty looking hot dog on the front of it. I can't say that's very appetizing, and I don't know how one would eat it. It's got a pickle almost as large as the hot dog. I love I love that. pickles on a hot dog. I love oh pickles, God. but like this is not. In terms of food styling, like. It's attractive. It's got eat. lots of colors, but like, come on, you can't hardly eat, eat that. It's kind of anyway. But so I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then I, I looked on the bottom. It says gluten free baking for everybody. Oh, cool! Bon Appetit is tackling gluten free. Let us see how they do. Me, yay! And I open it up, and of course, I'm like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. This, this is okay. So y'all, you have to understand. Eric and I come from like a magazine background, right? So we were editors in a magazine, wrote articles for magazines, still write all the time. Um, so we're probably a little bit overcritical when we read other magazines, <laughs> but I'm, I swear to you, this article was written by AI. I mean, bad it very well could have been it, and, but it has someone's name on it. It actually has a byline. Like there's a real person. I looked her up on LinkedIn. Oh no. And 
she has no information on LinkedIn at all, except for the fact that she writes for Bon Appetit and um, she, you know, apparently went to culinary school and got an associate's degree. Um, but she ain't no writer. <laughs> it's bad, like really, really bad. Like it's so disappointing when you pick up a magazine like Bon Appetit and you're like, wow. And they're finally yeah. talking about me. Yeah. And then you see that and you're like, ugh. I yuck. mean, it's just a, first of all, it's all, all of like two paragraphs mm. and they couldn't pull off like decent writing. It's really bad. And then, so then you open it up and there's some recipes in here and you're like, okay, whatever. Um, and then I start looking into it. And one of the, one of the recipes is oatmeal cookies. Now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. All of a sudden Erica's face is like, oh boy, here we go. Um, and, and so it just says oatmeal, like you just add. And in fact, in the article, it says old fashioned oats. That's the ingredient that you add is old fashioned oats. That's all it says. And, um, so that's kind of troubling. And then it says baker's notes. I'm like, okay, maybe she's going to say something about like, you can't just use regular oats. Yeah. Nope. It it doesn't talk about that. It talks about don't overmix it or something. <clears throat> um, so then at the very end, it has this section called gluten free pantry and it says, you know, these are the things that you need to have in your gluten free pantry. Um, and I'm very disappointed in what they chose. And again, I think they literally just typed something into Google and said, you know, what what do people you know bake with or something? And it's just, it's so poorly researched. I can't even go there, but like, I I don't get me started. I I got really riled up obviously, but the, they have six things and the sixth thing is oat flour. And it literally does not say anything about buying gluten-free oats, nothing. So if you were someone who found out you needed to eat gluten-free and you picked up this magazine because you think it's a trusted resource and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can have oats and I just need to buy old fashioned oats and I can just buy oat flour and I can just bake with the best of them. You would be getting sick. And, and it's, it's very, very, very disappointing to see that, um, that they're doing this and you like and, the, and, go ahead. The, the people who read Bon Appetit, Okay, so these could be the people who are like, I work in a restaurant, I love food, yeah. I want to be a baker, I want to bake out of my home. Cool, you're a home baker, you make gluten-free, right? Like that kind of stuff just like really, really focuses on the fact that like you're not baking for someone with celiac disease. You're baking for this idea, this concept of gluten-free when in reality, like there's so much that goes into gluten-free baking for someone who's on a medical diet, mm-hmm. which is what gluten-free was made for. Yep. Like there is zero discussion about that and any of that. Like, nope. and it worries me because those are the people that are going to read this. And those are the people who bake, who own restaurants, who are part of the culinary scene, just reinforces a stereotype that it's not that serious, that it's just the use of different flowers. Like, yep. nope. Okay. There's not even one side note that's like, if you are baking, like Baking for celiac disease requires blah, blah, blah. Like that could have been something. How did, how did that not get passed by? 
Nothing. There's nothing. This diet originated as a medical diet. That's what's yeah. so wild. It's not like we're talking about veganism and you're like, oh, well, we're someone needs to talk about dairy-free for allergies. That That's not what the vegan diet started as. The gluten-free diet was started as a medically necessary diet mm-hmm. for those people with celiac disease. When you're talking yeah. about gluten-free diet, you should not be separating that from the medical entity that it is. Yeah. I'm just like, come on. I, know. I just, I, I, I was... I, I was really upset when I read this. And so then, of course, I'm like, okay, I need to write to the editor. I need to write to this author. There's no way to contact them. None. Like, there's literally nothing in the magazine. And and I'm a subscriber, okay? So I go online, and there's no way to contact them online. The masthead has zero emails. There is... Mm-hmm. No way to contact anyone. The only way to contact anyone is to write a letter to Bon Appetit magazine in New York. Oh, we're going to write a letter. That is it. So I reached out to the editor on LinkedIn um, and I'm sure I won't hear back from her, but like I did, there's, I mean, the, the person who wrote this article, if it's not an AI person, um, like I said, doesn't really, there's not, she doesn't go on LinkedIn. There's no point in me even contacting her. But um, yeah, it's just, this is not the way to run a magazine. First of all, like you you can't, you can't comment. You can't write a letter to the editor. You can't like, there's literally no way to contact people. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, I have to go on social media. This is going to have to be a social media campaign now. (sighs) Now it's just frustrating. In my free time. Here we go. I would love to take that on Jules. I would love to get people pissed off online. That's my favorite thing to do. Can't wait. Okay. You go, girl. I'll go back to my sourdough and you go back to pissing people off. I know. Well, I mean, in all my free time. I know. I love to I do. It's just, it's just very upsetting because, you know, we had a great magazine, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we tackled issues. We tried to keep people safe. And we also wrote well, <laughs> I think we wrote well, well-written articles. And then we get but, uh, laid off and that's why we have a podcast now. That's right. And that's right. other people took our jobs. So, oh, you know what? Funny thing. Um, I published um, a picture in mm-hmm. one of my uh, Valentine's posts. Um, if you'd scrolled through one of my carousel posts on Instagram and Facebook, I found a picture of a cover of our magazine where the um, gluten-free cookie cups that I made yeah. were on the cover ones. of, yeah. Yeah, of um, our magazine. And it was from 2015. Yeah, I still I, have I that like, issue. Oh my God, that's so old. I do still have that issue. But I, I had it, an electronic version of the cover probably because I had to preview it or review it or approve it or something. I don't know why. But so I put that in the carousel and I had people reach out to me that they still had that issue as well. Mm-hmm. It's great. All of yeah. our recipes in there. I have a giant bin of uh, all of our yeah. old magazines. Yeah. If I just want to cry one day, I just want to sit and cry <laughs> one day and just go through them. It's great. Yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, it was good times, but it's, it's just disappointing when mainstream media dips its toe in the water of something like this and treats it like a fad diet. And it happens all the time, but it's dangerous because there are new people who are being diagnosed and um, going gluten-free, realizing that for whatever the medical reason is that they need to go gluten-free all the time. And people are baking for others Mm -hmm. 
and realizing that, you know, oh, there's someone in my family or in my restaurant, I'm going to be introducing these things or whatever. And I, I um, deal with this a lot and, you know, consulting and other things too, where, you know, chefs think that they've taken a, you know, some requisite course in, Mm -hmm. you know, they think that they have it covered and you wouldn't believe the number of chefs who think that you can kill gluten because it's Mm -hmm. like a bacteria. I I mean, there's there's just, there's so many things that people don't understand and, just don't go there. Like you don't know what you're talking about. And just, it's and dangerous. Just the proliferation of just straight up oat milk and everything is just, Ugh, it's everywhere. It's so frustrating. And, and, and oat flour is a fantastic mm-hmm. flour. I mean, mm-hmm. it does work great. And that's why people like to use it so much. And oat milk is a really great milk for making a latte. <laughs> that's why people like it so much, but you can't put it in everything and expect that, you know, people aren't, going to get sick if you're not using safe oats for people who need a medically, you know, yeah. prescribed gluten-free diet because conventional oats are contaminated with gluten. So I'll just put that out there as a fact. And yeah, it's you, been, they're tested. They're far oh, yeah. over 20 parts per million and considered mm-hmm. unsafe. It's just everyone's stance on it. That is everyone's yes. stance on it. Period. Yeah. In fact, some countries go above and beyond and just say no oats of any kind are gluten-free. Yeah. So that's that's mm-hmm. not controversial. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating because no one's mentioning that fact. And maybe it's, maybe, I mean, I don't want the onus to ever be on us to be like, hey, I just, it's, it's so frustrating that we're always have to be the one to be like, hey, just so you know, this isn't technically labeled gluten-free. Or, hey, just so you know, like when you're serving this in the coffee shop, these, this is not a gluten-free latte or whatever. Like, you right. know, that's, it's, the onus is always on us. And that's, it's frustrating. And it's, or it, it is just a more mental and emotional labor for us to go <laughs> in every freaking time we go out, yeah. we eat outside the house. And it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. But I mean, it, it feels like a broken record. And I hate that we're always talking about it. And it's, it's like, you know, Okay, here we go. One more Again, time. Yeah. But, you know, it's the time when you don't say it that someone's like, what? I've never heard that before. Yeah. Um, and if you want more information, I think I have four articles on my website <laughs> all about, like, maybe five now, all about yeah, oats. Um, yeah, I'm sure you probably do. Um, we'll put some links there for people to go to to find out why oats are contaminated, how they're contaminated, how to find and shop for safe gluten-free oats, and how to identify, you know, the difference between safe oats and not safe oats on a gluten-free diet. And the fact that 8% of people who have celiac disease, it doesn't matter what oats they are or how safe they are or how segregated they are, they still can't have oats because they're just in that population that is, um, their bodies are confused by the proteins and they still can't tolerate oats. So it's just, oats are a tricky grain for people on a gluten-free diet. And, um, and you can't just write a two page article with no notes that talk about it for gluten-free diet without mentioning the, in the intricacies, intricacies of oats on a gluten-free diet. Is that the word I'm looking for? Sure. It works. Yeah, it was really interesting email that I got from Beyond Celiac and a couple LinkedIn posts. And I'm not quite sure how to (laughs) 
decipher it because I guess I don't really understand it all. But they sent a message out that says that they are launching the first investment program for celiac disease therapeutics. So they have created Beyond Celiac Investments which is an investment program to accelerate the development of treatments and a cure for celiac disease by leveraging the speed and scale of venture capital in capital markets. So BCI launched with an initial funding of $2 million and additional capital will be raised through donations. And they are using it with funds from Beyond Celiac and the Beyond Celiac investment team includes Alice Bass, who's president of, uh, of Beyond Celiac. Celiac. So BCI is part of Beyond Celiac and it's part of their Beyond Celiac science plan, which was developed in 2021 to drive the search for a cure by 2030, which I'm just on the edge of my seat about. I mean, there's six years cure from Celiac now. in six years. Fascinating. Yeah. And Beyond Celiac does a ton. We've mentioned this before with like funding grants for um, research for curing celiac disease. They are the largest 501c3 celiac disease research grant funder. And they um, did five grants totaling $1.6 million in 2023, which is great. We love that. What I don't understand is they're investing this. So is this like a stock market thing? I don't really understand. It's it's very How vague. does investment the, work? The way, <laughs> do tell. Um, it's very vague the way that they've written it. Um, they make it sound like it's going to be something that's like even on the stock market or something like that. But it's, I don't think it is. I think it's, you know, it's venture capital. So it's just, it's a different structure for capital for funding. Capital okay. Investment. Yeah. But um it's a it's a venture philanthropy model, but so that means that they can give money to like private firms or private pharmaceutical companies or something that would be different than like funding research. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be giving money to pharma companies for sure, but yeah. I don't know why it's different than what they were already doing. That's what I, I don't, don't know. understand. It says our plans for BCI are to invest significant resources to identify promising treatments under development, aka pharmaceutical companies, as well as those that have been investigated or approved by other purposes that might also benefit celiac disease patients. Yeah, I don't know how this is different than what their grant research is. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but hey, but that's hey, cool. Go for it. I mean, it seems like this is a cool thing. They put out some press releases on it. Seem to be getting a lot of exposure. It's just uh, really cool that they're fighting for the cure. Um, they always have. They've been working really hard on it. I used to work with them on doing some research for that stuff. And it's awesome. I don't know how this is going to work by 2030, but like. It's aspirational, okay. Erica. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're all aspirational. Everyone needs a goal. Yeah. So if you please help us better understand what this is, because I have read like four things, including Alice's um, like LinkedIn posts. And maybe I just don't understand um, finances. <laughs> I don't understand money, period. Uh, what is money? You know, what even is money? But um, I don't know what an investment program is. Or I think we don't understand it fully because we don't have any 
Oh yeah, I think we because we are not wealthy, we don't understand what investment portfolios. We are. have no investments. So I don't understand. understand. No, yeah. I think they're, they've been a little vague about their description of it, but um, I think it's just a different funding ve- vehicle for doing the same thing that they were doing before. Okay, it's probably well, it has something to do with taxes. <laughs> Honestly, but, yeah. Okay, cool. But hey, I love this twenty thirty goal. Yeah. See you in six years. We're standing by. Mm -hmm. The other thing that um, I've gotten a ton of people asking me, what do you think about this? I'm like, it's brand new. So we're all standing by to see exactly how this shakes out. But the FDA is so excited about this. The FDA just approved an existing medication called Zolaire to as what they what they're saying is it averts severe food allergy reactions in people who have more than one food allergy. And so basically this is an existing medication. I believe it's been out for like 20 years, which is great because that means it's more likely that insurance will pay for it. And mm-hmm. it's also been proven to be very efficacious and safe in other things. Um, but they realized in the in testing that it also had other applications and one being the the fact that when taken in certain um amounts which is you know they they give it subcutaneously it sounds like um a couple every other week or every two weeks or something like that um, it allows people to tolerate very, very small amounts of the food protein that they are allergic to. And that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and start eating these foods that they have a mm-hmm. food allergy to. What it means is that they can live their lives without the anxiety of having anaphylaxis. And and so that's what's so huge about this is that, um, and, and they saw some incredible results in their, their testing. Um, 66%, 67%, you know, those are, those are really high numbers um, of, you know, of an increase for the people who could tolerate just a a small amount of the food protein without having a reaction, whereas before they couldn't, and the people in the placebo group couldn't. Um, So that's, they were really, really um, impressed with those results, which is why the FDA has now approved it for, for this, um, to prevent having really severe food allergy reactions for people who do have severe food allergies. So it's more about, you know, you've got a kid who's going off to college, you know, mm-hmm. you want to like have some measure of, um, you know, just. Yeah. All for accidental exposure, just like a for not sure. CYA, but just basically like if unfortunately there is cross contact perhaps it would not leave to lead to life-threatening anaphylaxis, which I think is really right. just, we want to make sure that like we want to reduce the risk of allergic reactions. Um, and obviously you'd still be prepared with uh, your EpiPens, epinephrine um, in case of an allergic reaction, but anything that you can do, like, you know, you have people going through OIT so they can tolerate small amounts of, of peanuts or milk or, or other nuts so they can, you know, whatever, like that's all to make sure that if something happens, it wouldn't lead to deadly anaphylaxis or they would lessen the response that your body would have. Right. So, 
So this is an improvement in the quality of life and in yes. mental health. So what I mean by a small amount of the food protein is that like what the studies showed were, for example, with peanuts, 68% of patients who in this study received the Zolaire shots could tolerate about two and a half peanuts without moderate severe allergic symptoms, which, yeah, that's, that's amazing um, mm-hmm. for those, those people, because a lot of those people can't tolerate peanut dust, you know, mm-hmm. um, without having severe symptoms. And then with regard to milk, um, 66% treated with Zolaire could tolerate at least two tablespoons of milk. So that's, again, we're talking about yeah. cross contact. We're talking about like, oh, there was a, a drop of milk in that sauce or what have you. So um, it, it really is about quality of life and um, about mental health more than anything else. And yeah. so this is really huge. It's big news. Yeah, it's, it's huge news. And uh, it is a monoclonal antibody um, and very similar to other things that you might see um, biologic uh, drugs for ulcerative colitis or any other GI symptoms that we know of. There's so many amazing um, antibodies and biosimilars that people can use now for anything. And it's really one of the modern age of medicine is just pretty incredible. Um, you know, we just saw Dupixent, which is another biologic that just got released for EOE. Um, and we're seeing all these incredible um, monoclonal uh, biologics, uh, antibody drugs classes that are being used for IBD that continue to develop and ulcerative colitis. And it's really pretty amazing what we're doing with drug development in this class of drugs. Um, and I think it's just rad. I think it's super cool. And it's something that we've all kind of been waiting for, for these certain allergic conditions. And with Dupixent coming on for EOE, that was pretty rad. Um, they tested Zolaire for EOE and it didn't really statistically significant find, um, decrease in activity. Although I think it did help with symptoms a little, but uh, to, to see that this test is really pulling the weight. I mean, the numbers you gave were, were pretty amazing as far as cross contact. Yeah. It's pretty rad. Yep. So if you are one of those people who suffers from multiple food allergies or you, someone in your family does definitely um, see your allergist about this to see whether it's something that's right for you. Um, Cause this could be pretty fantastic. Yeah, chances are your allergist is already on TikTok and social media answering <laughs> questions about it because yeah. I mean the day that it happened, everyone sent a message. Fair mm-hmm. fact. Um A A A A A I four A's and an I. Uh I mean, everyone is just talking. It's the number one thing that people are talking about. Um, which, you know, there are some biologics or whatever being being tested for celiac disease too. Cause wouldn't it be lovely if like a biologic and injection could work for us as well. So far, nothing has in clinical trials, but maybe. I don't know. Beyond celiac says it's going to happen. But in six years, we'll you see you there. Know. All right. Well, stay tuned for some other episodes coming up from Expo West, our big finds, Ooh, new product yeah. finds. So we have Expo West coming up and we also have, um, now the houseware show coming up. We have so many things of, coming up, a lot of things coming up. So, and then we get to find the results of my endoscopy, probably not oh, yeah, my next right. one, but I don't know. We'll <laughs> yeah. see. We'll see yeah. what they find in there. A, tre- a treasure, <laughs> a trinket, a king oh, cake, baby. Let's hope not. 
No, I didn't eat any. I didn't even get any at the store. I'm so mad I didn't go buy one. I'll have to make you one Monday. Don't put any plastic in any of the cakes that you make me, please. <laughs> Traumatizing enough. Wait, note to self. No yeah. plastic. <laughs> no cakes for Erica. <laughs> having the, the number one voted gluten-free podcast in the country remember to like and subscribe tell all your friends and we'll talk to you next time Bye.